good internet and welcome to session 70 of Super GG Radio. Where friends chat about video games and all things adjacent. I am your host and, well, no, I'm your host, Getty Wrote Made Enthusiast. I know from experience those are expensive. So I've gone, gone the cheaper route and become a podcast host. I fired Joel and Getty this week, so please welcome our new co-host, Stephen Dvorak, producer behind the boards. So Steve, what's it like working with a real talent at Super GG Radio? Uh, I wouldn't know. I'm hoping that before I move, we can get one episode of Super GG Radio that just sounds like a normal podcast and doesn't sound like one of the hosts is Oscar the Grouch in a trash can. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. Well, I mean, the change of pace has started. We are recording in the same room. That's right. This is a magical and, dare I say, historic moment. For Super GG Radio. Gotta tell you, I am gonna take photos. Oh, yeah. Well, we have a stacked early adopters and backlog blog, plus some summer game accoutrement. Is it accoutrement? Accoutrement? Accoutrement. Okay, thank you. There we go. This week. So, let's get started. That's the right word, right? I don't think so. Okay. Let's continue. <laughs> early adopters, where we play alphas, betas, and early access demos as Steve picked. Yes. I picked something this time. Yeah, so you picked The Source of Madness. Yes. This is an alpha build, so there is a lot of functionality still yet to be added, but I gotta say what they have so far is impressive. Yeah, I mean, I liked it. I think the first thing that stands out is the environment background. Now, just so people can get kind of a clear picture, it is a 2D platformy dark soulsy type game where you are collecting souls to get upgrades you have you can gain a flask and it seems like a lot of the abilities have to do with you firing spells in a 2d plane yeah i mean we like to use the hyphen like on the genre so i was also saying it's kind of contra like okay yeah. you're, you're shooting projectiles and then you know it's it's mostly just that but Depending on what ring you pick up, it's modified. So one was fireballs, or you get multi-shot, you get homing shots, you get life steal. There was a lot of variability based on your ring equipment only having two. There seem to be other slots for other pieces of gear, stat boosts and stuff like that. But in the alpha build, that it only seemed to be one, uh, two different rings you could equip. Yeah, it feels like that might be kind of the meat and potatoes of the attack. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see. I mean, obviously, it would be nice if it was more complex um when it finally comes around to that obviously there's i mean there is a dash in there but obviously you can throw in some physicality as well have a sword that attacks with the dash right or uh you know something else or something to improve your jumping that sort of stuff exactly with that being said it does have both these games that we're going to talk about in early adopters do have the thing that you love colored loot absolutely and uh source of madness has the diablo style inventory menu yep. seems to be kind of lifted out of that um it also i think it's worth mentioning it's souls like in that when you die you become a different character but your souls carry over and your upgrades carry over it does have that but it gives you three options and i think those are variable as well giving you different stats and, other, and I, what it seemed like is I unlocked a different class so that the next time I died, one of those characters could be uh, that version of the class. It was like a vampire. So it kind of gives also the variability upon death to have another run that is completely different. Yeah, and I mean, it's the alpha now. So the trees that you got were pretty bare bones, but um, it looked like there's a lot of opportunity for them to expand that, especially if it's one of those meta progression games where Every time you die and pick something new, you just keep adding and adding. And like in theory, you could have like a super maxed out character. Yeah. And then you're just kind of playing these runs to try to do as quick as possible. You know, there's a lot of replayability there. When you start in a home hub of a church that has multi-levels and each level had these portals and pillars. And so you can say, oh, they would say like, oh, this is a mystic portal, but then it would also say, oh, this is not available yet. And that's cool. It's just more the fact of that each level of that church gave you new opportunities for upgrades. Yeah, and it suggests that you'll unlock more of the world as you play and go along. Yeah. Um, but really, I think 
Uh, I like that you described that it was like kind of a floaty game. Yes. It has a very floaty, airy style to it, and particularly, um, you know, one of the things I like about indies is that they usually give you something different in terms of the visual art. Uh, they they tend to break from the mold. The, you know, you get the more looks like a Super Nintendo game, stuff like that. Uh, and this was almost like a collage. Like they yeah. had cut the background pieces out of different books and magazines. Um, and I thought that was very cool. Uh, I liked your comparison to the Hungry Hungry Caterpillar. Yeah, it was very Eric Carlisle where he, they would make a design of a church, but then... They they would just draw it out. This is the shape of it, and then just looked like there was paper mache all over it, just to kind of give it the pattern of what the texture would be. And yeah. that's kind of how the backgrounds and foregrounds look throughout. And that included the enemies. Now let's talk about the enemies. The enemies were cool because again, it it followed that theme of like uh, it looked like random stuff, like limbs from bugs and other things that had a very unnatural, unearthly, bestial quality to it. It just seemed like a mass of stuff. Yeah. And it yeah, it looked like Crimes Against Nature in a way that mm-hmm. made me really like that world and that design because... They, they Cronenberg it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and when you uh, were shooting your fireballs and your lasers at them, pieces would start to break off. And at one point, I, I thought I saw what looked like a grasshopper leg pop off and then I shot it again and then I got a tentacle. Yeah. So it just kind of ended up being this mass, a collection of forms that would just chase you around and shoot fireballs at you too. Right. The movement is very, uh, also has that kind of like weird quality to it. Cause it's, they kind of like, they don't so much walk as they tumble yes. across the environment. Um, and so it's very alien. And as you you could break them in half, and then each mass would still try to writhe around and attack you. Right. So it ended up being just kind of creepy in its own what body horror way. Yeah, exactly. Which which made it an interesting way to kind of continue that product of like the artwork using these collages art because this is just a mass of limbs. So you can make all sorts of different textures and colors, and you know just flip up any kind of art pattern in there and it would still just look so out of this world. Yeah. And it's when you play so many games full of weird monsters and, you know, a similar theme of like the magic and treasure hunting, it's worthwhile when something can, a game like this can offer you something that seems different, seems like a surprise. Yeah. So I think the art is something that really stood out for me, the style Definitely. It is a little floaty. It is a little based on the fireball kind of combat mechanics. It's a little bit more longer range. But I was waiting when we had the first ring that was just a fireball. And I was like, well, I'd like to see something different. And all of a sudden, I got a triple shot. I got a homing shot. I got a shot that was giving me health back. Right. There are a lot of variations with the equipment. So right now, I I can imagine how they're going to expand that. Yeah, exactly. And this being an alpha, it's like just a taste of what you're going to see. But there's a lot of potential here for them to build on it in terms of world building, story, and also uh, item and combat mechanics. For sure. It didn't really crash on us or glitch out particularly. So Actually, I think that when it glitched out, if it did, which again, I, I didn't think so. I think that it kind of played to the game's benefit if only because the way those creatures worked. When they would get kind of stuck, they would just kind of jiggle and creepy shake around. It just made it kind of creepier. Yeah, exactly. So overall, pretty solid. I kind of look forward to seeing what comes out in the end product because it just does seem like it could be a really fun game. Also, like the kind of game you could just drop in, play a life, if you will. Yep. And, you know just do a quick session yep. or play for longer in and out. And then you're going to you know try something else. Just like, go, oh, I'm going to come back to this once a week or something like that and see how far I progress. Yeah, exactly. That was the source of madness. Now the next one, which was, this was kind of a drop in pick on a whim game, uh, ever space two. This one is a space shooter, which Surprise. looks yeah, yeah, surprise, right? Which is more of a. It seems like a, like a stick, like a joystick, 
3D. Like Space Flight Simulator. Yes, exactly. A little less technical, but... Right. Again, came with tiered loot. Came with tiered loot. And it... it I guess I haven't played a game like that. Um, so if you imagine... For most Nintendo players to be familiar with it, kind of like Firefox a little bit. Star Fox. Star Fox. Yeah. I said Firefox, which is the browser. Yep. Uh, but it reminded me of X-Wing, if you remember that, that old PC one. Um, because you're you're like fully out in the open space. You can kind of go in any direction. Yep. You even have the like light speed that lets you travel wherever. It looked like you could kind of just trail off in the wrong direction and go nowhere. Yeah, if you wanted to, but um, yeah, it, it looked nice. Uh, the graphics were the graphics were impressive. The explosions yeah. and everything like that. It looked realistic to like what I would imagine a you know a, a dog fighting space shoot a space shooter would be. Right. I just what 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 brought it up to me was the fact that the you have you have like several different types of guns and you get components that slot in that will give you bonuses to this gun or give you missiles or give you different types of guns and then you can get gear that will be a green level and you can replace it and slot in now you have a different type of gun that you can swap between or the module i found was a uh, it gave me more more space for more modules and more space for more cargo so you it's like like you, you said when we were playing it it's equivalent to a backpack yeah exactly um and all that stuff i feel like it it fits the mold of a lot of the generic um, space, uh, like flight simulator-y, and it has the tiered loot. Um, in this, you were able to just kind of fly around, and, and we were shooting stuff. But uh, I'm curious as to where they're going to go from here, because the graphics and the gameplay are like pretty solid already. Yeah. Uh, I think what it needs now is some directionality, like missions or... Whatever I'm kind of wondering what they're going to do with it beyond that. When we played, we were able to even start mining material off of an asteroid. We picked up items from you know spaceships we destroyed, found cargo containers which were like a, you know a treasure chest or so, you know, so to speak. But yeah, I felt when we started flying that I didn't even know which direction to go. You started pointing out to me. Oh, maybe you should try going that way. Maybe you should try going that way. Light speeding into nowhere, just getting into shenanigans. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I feel like that can be good, but also it can be aimless. Right, ex- it, totally. I feel like there's a sweet spot in between total sandbox freedom yep. and linear uh, story, like kind of railroading, uh, where... They're going to need... I'm just wondering, like, what are they going to do? Are you going to have NPCs that talk to you over the radio and give you missions? Um, how how that's all going to flesh out? Because I think that's... Whatever they do with that is going to Can make I, the game unique or not. Yeah, and it's really going to drive what you think this game could be. Yeah, exactly. Because tiered loot is a lot of fun, but there there needs to be some sort of direction or else you're exactly. just kind of doing it to do it. Right, and it just it does get old eventually just hunting for for better loot um if there's no kind of structure around it or something to chase. Or even content, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Where's the raid? Where's the end boss, right? Yeah, exactly. Which this would be cool to have like raids be these just giant hundred person space battles. Right. Yeah, I'm curious if it's gonna be MMO style where you can interact online with other players. Get a party together. You have a party. That's something within that kind of genre that I don't think that I've really experienced. Not that I've sought it out a lot, but that to me, if it was like squad flight and you could get a party together go or, to a dungeon, which would be like a, a rogue planet or asteroid. Right. Void traps and stuff like or that. Or have like a really huge raid boss where you need a bunch of other players to do the dog fighting and maybe blow up a big ship or giant space robot or what have you. And even in that case, you can find weak points and everyone's got to focus on this weak point. Yeah, Watch exactly. out for the lasers. And yeah, then. exactly. I As an alpha, I was just kind of surprised how together it was with the graphics and the mechanics. I was observing that I thought maybe the ship was a little too tanky. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, what can you say when it's at an alpha? They're still working on it. Yeah. But it, it looks like they've 
what they've got right now is pretty tight. So, uh, yeah, again, I'm I'm curious to see where it's going to go. Yep. Yeah, because, yeah, I felt like I was taking hits hard, but I was still barely getting escaped. You, it looked like you could absorb a lot of hits. But I think it, it's supposed to just give you the feel, give you the right, you, exactly. see what, how, what you think and give feedback, obviously. Right. And in this case, I think that I would like to see some direction. Yeah. But, yeah, I think that's really the next most important thing is, like, what are the interactions going to be? What's the direction going to look like? Because that is something I feel like is untapped. We right. have not seen anywhere like that kind of MMO party shooter, loot shooter that has the capabilities of having a squad based in a spaceship. Yeah, exactly. It yeah. could, again, potentially kind of unlock something that's really fun. And that's the thing is that we've spent a lot of time. We we went through and had an episode where we talked about Destiny versus Warframe versus, uh, what was it, the a- Anthem. Right. And in this case... Everspace 2. Yeah. Let's let's see that happen. Right. But uh, that was uh, some space talk. That was some loot talk. Mm-hmm. But right now, let's loot ourselves a snack in the break. Oh, yeah. Be right back. about a guy with big feet what do they say alex we'll save that for the outro okay news as to find out it's time for the news first piece of news rocksteady registers domains for suicide squad and arkham knights games putting credence to the bat family game did you ever play any of the the batman arkham a little bit a little bit but i never really went deep i know that uh i i saw eric play some of it uh, and I've heard a lot. I know that um, kind of I understand the style and the, like the Spider-Man kind of stemmed from what they were doing. It, the Batman ones were sort of like a semi-open world, it seemed. Yeah. Uh, it, it was like regional. You would go to like this area, this area. But they were all sort of interconnected, but I think like walled by loading screens. Kind of, yeah, yeah. Bit. The first one was less so. The first one was more linear, but after that, they kind of expanded outward. The uh, the thing about it is that they have been kind of silent for a while on what's going to happen next, what's the next mm-hmm. game. So people have been waiting for a long time, Suicide Squad being one of them, which they're making a new movie. Okay. So that would kind of fit that way. Uh, the other part is that there was rumor of them play, uh, having the Bat family, which would be all of the Bat people, you know, Batwoman and Batgirl, Robin, all of them. Future and, Batman. Yeah, in their own game. And okay. then that would be the game, would be another Batman Arkham game, but you play as everybody. I think that the Suicide Squad would be an interesting spin on it. Yeah, because those characters are very different from the Batman games. Exactly. And it just gives you, as sort of anti-heroes, gives you options of what you can do with that story. Yeah, and the... Back to the the original Batman game, that combat has kind of been a template for a lot of games moving forward. Like you said, uh, Spider-Man, but even before that, the Lord of the Rings, Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of Mordor is very, like, that's combat, that's Batman combat for sure. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, you have the, like, takedowns, but you also have, like, the straightforward melee stuff you could do, and then, obviously, your your tool belt. Yeah, exactly. It was a fantastic series of games, but... Now we're looking forward to uh, another Batman game and apparently now a Suicide Squad game. Cool. See what happens. Next, new Smash character is Rinrin from ARMS. I have no idea who that is. Do you know what ARMS is? Nope. ARMS is... uh, Wait, I think I vaguely remember like a J strategy... Metal ARMS? Metal ARMS, no. Is that a different thing? Metal ARMS, I believe, is another thing, yes. Okay. Uh, ARMS is one of the newer Nintendo IPs that the game is everyone's got like slinky arms. Ooh. And it's a little like punch out where you use the joy cons to attack. Gotcha. And you have to have fights. And it was a newer IP. It tried to do something different. It didn't hit too well, but it's cool to see Nintendo trying new things with a new IP. This character being one of those characters from smash it, it, they need, that's a good representation. They shouldn't let arms die. Yeah. If they're starting a new IP don't, and then it doesn't exactly hit, 
give it a little bit more love, you know, don't just let it die in the vine. Yeah, I mean, it, it's sort of like how movies now are all remakes or sequels. Yeah. That they're reviving. The game market is just becoming so full that companies really do need to, like, branch out, try different things, and yeah. stick to it a little bit. Yeah, give it a little bit more than just like one game. Yeah, exactly. So throwing this character into arm into a smash now gives them that opportunity to bring that character back. Say, hey, yeah. this character, this game is still relevant to us. Smash is a good way to breathe life into a character. Yeah. Just because people, I think, are always going to want to play Smash. And yeah. then they'll see the character and be like, oh, what's this? And maybe go back and explore that other material. Yeah, and I think... I think you could probably find arms pretty cheap now, so it, it'd be good for a resurgence. Cool. Yeah. Next, uh, well, also just a note, uh, Joker from Persona 5 is also getting an amiibo. Ooh. I still don't really understand how amiibos work. Well. Can I use your Bowser in my Diablo game? Maybe. I think okay. you might be able to. Let's try that later. I also have a Tom Nook here somewhere. Oh, I see him. Yeah. I, well, yeah. Let, let me try Tom Nook in, in Diablo 3. Okay. There we go. Uh, Mixer is dead. Mixer. Do you know what Mixer is? Uh, no. See, this is a fun news segment for me because I get to explain all the inside baseball news. Mixer was the, the it was trying to be the opponent to Twitch. Oh, okay. And uh, Microsoft uh, owned it, so they were saying, okay, let's let's hire some big name Twitch streamers away f- uh, from Twitch and bring them to Mixer. That's the thing to do. Yeah, I believe it was Ninja was the big one, the big Fortnite player. Oh yeah, he got brought into Mixer. They paid him a bunch of money. He went to Lollapalooza last year and held a press conference that said he was going to Mixer. That's. I feel like if I was at Lollapalooza, I would be like, A, who is this? B, what the fuck is Mixer? <laughs> Which is also just, it's strange that Lollapalooza was the choice. A music True. festival. I'm going to go tell people I'm playing Fortnite somewhere else. Yeah. I just imagine a lot of people at the concert being like, okay, who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> so he announced it at Lollapalooza that he was going for a bunch of money. He gave him a contract. Then... Mixer was killed and now is owned by Facebook called Facebook Gaming. Creative. Yes. Now, on top of that, it is, uh, was it his name? Ninja was bought out of his contract, meaning all the money that he was given is like, oh, yeah, here's the rest of it. You're done. You don't have to be on Mixer anymore. You can go back to Twitch, which is like a huge deal that he just like got. Like he signed on like, okay. I'm there. I don't know how long it was. Maybe say five years. I'm going to be on a mixer for five years. And they go, oh, we got bought up by Facebook. Here's the five years worth of money. Well, did they get bought up or was it, we're killing this and we're selling it to Facebook. So we're buying you out. Yeah, that. Okay. So I'm like, that's like a pretty good career, like jump for you. You'd be like, oh snap. Okay. I just get all this money. Kind of. I wonder if people on the Twitch community are going to be like, uh, remember when you bailed? <laughs> Like, I wonder, probably not. I just wonder if that will impact his um, Twitch career. I can't imagine that there's a lot of, like, animosity and also just dedicated, like, Twitch for life, bro. I don't know yeah, if those that's people true. are, like, that brand committed. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it brings up an interesting point because a company like Microsoft or Facebook can do that, basically poach whatever talent that twitch has going on because they're these huge companies with a ton of capital and basically in a way kind of rip off the grassroots work that twitch has done yeah exactly um which is like i mean it's it's the way of the world but also like kind of unfortunate just because i feel like twitch offers something that people have been into like the idea of like, Oh, I'm just going to watch you play this game. Yeah. And like brought it to this platform that it's online, which makes a lot of sense and created this enormous community. And in turn, um, intentionally or unintentionally, uh, created a revenue stream for all these people. Or it's like how many people now they are a Twitch streamer for game X, Y, Z, you know, there's just so many people who do getting, that as their profession. Getting partnered and then yeah. being part of this community and 
going bigger and finding out the you know yeah it's there's a lot to it and twitch has brought a lot out there for it i know i have a friend who was on twitch and had a pretty sizable community moved to mixer because uh he felt like he had he had been hitting some more toxic people in his chat moved to mixer had a better experience and now him like the whole thing getting bought out he's he's very upset he's like i don't I don't. I didn't want to. I I left Twitch for a reason. I had there yeah. were some people in my chat. Now I don't want to go back, but I'm definitely not going to be on Facebook gaming. Right. Exactly. It's like well, people don't really want to work for Facebook either. You know. So. Well, Mixer being a Microsoft product was going to be integrated in all Xbox stuff, and it was right. already Xbox One. So now they have like separated themselves and distanced themselves away from. Xbox? Uh, no, from Facebook. Oh, okay. They've said, oh, Mixer bought by Facebook. Here you go. We're not going to do that. Gotcha. We're not going to put Facebook gaming on Xbox. I mean, we'll just have to see what Facebook does with it. Again, with such a huge company, they could kind of do the same thing where they just throw a ton of money at it and then be like, uh, we're just going to let it die. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, Google's done that with several projects. Yeah. Google. What was it? Google was it Google Plus? Google Circles? I think it was Google Serve. There's so many apps and services that Google has, I don't know. Yeah, there was one that was supposed to be like a Facebook, but Google. Oh, gotcha. I, I, oh, you're right. Circles, I think it was called. Yeah. I vaguely I, remember being like, hey, put your profile on Circles. I was like, no. I did. I did. <laughs> I'm sure it exists somewhere, but I, yeah. yeah. Next piece of news. Bloodstain 2 announced um, at New Game Plus, which is some sort of event I was not aware of. Bloodstained, are you aware of Bloodstained? I know of Bloodstained. Do you know the story behind Bloodstained? I don't. The man who made uh, Castlevania, I think his name was Ikaruga, he had been making Castlevania for a while, and they he wanted to make a new one, and Konami said no. It's kind of coming back to me. So he branched off and basically is continuing the Castlevania series, but it's called Bloodstained. Yep. And everything is basically uh, Castlevania adjacent. Right. So you see. Do you items. still have a whip? Uh, one character does. Okay. So it is like you see these different characters and you see this stuff, but it's like, oh, just slightly off to the side kind of Castlevania if you squint at it. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. So they're making a new one, which is cool. I didn't play the first one, but I'm uh, I'm excited. I wanted to play it on Switch, but... The Switch version wasn't great. I was kept waiting for them to update it to get it running more like smoother. Gotcha. Next, new Pokemon game announced. It Another is, new Pokemon game? Yes, free to play for mobile. Okay. People, so is this like the follow up to Go? Basically, no. This is completely different. This All right, is like tell me. It's like Dota. Oh, weird. You pick a Pokemon, you fight in your lanes like League of Legends, and you go and attack until you defeat the Ancient in the middle. Okay. But your Pokemon level up and evolve, and you get new abilities each time. You start from the basic Pokemon, and then you level up as you go. Okay. It's interesting. It's just Pokemon fans wanted something big. They wanted the next go. Yeah. And they have been sorely disappointed. Okay. Well, I feel like go still has life. It does. I feel like people will continue to play Pokemon go for the foreseeable future. I think you know so. what I mean? Well, hey, a co-host of the show, Getty, still plays it. Dude, a lot of people played Pokemon Go. I remember when I was uh, around the time that I became aware of it, I was volunteering at that hospital. And there was like a gym in one of the hospital floors. <laughs> I was like, really, man, all these like people everywhere are playing it. Yeah, I remember when it first came out, I was playing it. And I would drag Beth along with me and we would just be in the park and we would see like seven people yeah, all just staring at their phone playing Pokemon Go. And I'm like, this is crazy right now. We quit because Beth did not have unlimited data and it was eating up gotcha. all data. So we're like, okay, I don't need to play. The Pokemon brand, that's like some admirable brand making. I mean, people, I'm always kind of surprised at the scope and reach of that that game idea you know it's like people in our age love it kids love it it's like kind of a cross-generational fun for everybody kind of thing i still remember seeing the artwork in a nintendo power before it came to america 
and then finding ways to emulate it and had to play it in Japanese just because I was just right. like in love with the artwork before the cartoon came out. I just right. loved the way it looked. I loved the way that the character was drawn. I loved the way the creatures were drawn. I liked everything about how that kind of worked together. And I was a big JRPG fan at the times. I mean, I still am, but I was playing anything JRPG adjacent. I was playing everything. So yeah, I was trying to find the weird Japanese stuff because I had played all the Chrono Triggers and the Final Fantasies. And I was like, I need something weird and crazy. Like, give me the next JRPG that I, I can find. Yeah. And Pokemon was it for a little bit. So it's, it's definitely a popular series. So, Steve, you had a question before, which was, you know what they say about a guy with big feet? Well, that wasn't exactly my question, but just go ahead. <laughs> Means that he likes walking. Get your mind out of the gutter, Steve. Do they? I'd Does s- it? Pro- you, get, you get flatter feet. You're, the more you walk, the flatter your feet get. I thought having flat feet was bad. It probably is. Man, that Taco Bell we had is not... Sitting steady. <laughs> okay, let's take a break. Let's take a break. And we're back. Back with the backlog vlog. We got an extra large helping of Backlog Blog this week. Now, a couple weekends ago, whenever Steve comes over to my house, I always try to think of like what is what you call snake games. I've thrown so many snake games at you that you've experienced Octodad, you know, uh, was a gang beast, Mount Your Friends. I've just thrown these games at you where it's like, okay, what's and snake game came from stick game where right. you would shoot snakes at each other. I mean, yep. One of my favorites. Stick fight. Stick fight. Yeah. So I had a couple in my pocket that he came over last weekend and I said, okay, Steve, sit down. We're going to play some snake games. The first game was a game called Screen Cheat. Screen Cheat is a four player, old school first person shooter, four people on the screen, a la GoldenEye. You know, those games from back in the day, the split screen. It's called Screen Cheat. Because every person is invisible. And the only way to know where anybody else is, is to look at their screens. Yeah. I gotta say, you really outdid yourself with this chunk of games. Because we had a lot of fun playing the ones for this week. And, um, you know, sometimes you have me play some real shit. But this (laughs) stuff was, we had a really good time. And these were both really good ideas. Now, screen cheat, I feel like, is a little bit more esoteric. It, it I think people who are uh, a little bit younger than us won't exactly get it because you don't have to screen cheat anymore. You just like play online with anybody you want, yep. and there's so much connectivity. But that the notion of just thinking back to the day when we were playing GoldenEye or Halo. Like, oh man, your screen cheat, you know, like somebody would be sniping you, like, you were looking at my screen, don't look at my screen, bro. I remember <laughs> that there was a time when me and a cousin just put, like, taped a piece of cardboard on the TV and said, okay, I'm going to be <laughs> under so here. ridiculous. You can't see it. You can see above. You can't see me and below. Let's play. Or just put it right down the middle, whichever way the game split. So this. The point is to look to at a screen G, You have to do it. Uh, you know, the, this game isn't exactly about graphics. It's no. about sitting on the couch with your friends, screen cheating and talking shit to each other. And you get different weapons that, you know, like a blunderbuss, sniper rifle, pistols. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones. There was the big like you shoot that big ball like a big and then mine. it like comes. It's like a boomerang. Yeah. Uh, that was kind of, I like that one. Uh, the, the horse, the hobby horse. Oh, that you just ram people. Yeah. And oh, my personal favorite, the candelabra. What was the candelabra? What would you do? You, you just, just swing. Just whack you people just with swing. the candelabra. Okay. But because, uh, the way, the other way to know where people were is when you use your weapon, there's like a smoke trail from the barrel. Yes. And so I felt like the candelabra wasn't that noticeable, but also, Again, it, it had different game modes. So, like, instead of a straight death match, we had, like, the King of the Hill one. Yep. So you knew that somebody was in the zone, and you could just swing wildly with the candelabra and usually kill 
a bunch of people that way. See, I had the blunderbuss, so that's what I was doing was I was just firing yeah. rapidly. It was like, okay, I know they're kind of here, and I would see a little smoke trail from your candelabra and just start firing wildly. Exactly, and I'd see the smoke trail from the gun and start swinging away. Um, very colorful. It, it was very colorful. It, you know, it was simplicity, um, and they invested just into the concept and into the game modes which i think we played we played every game mode that we unlocked a few times yeah and they were really fun there was like the bomb one where you pick up a bomb and put it somebody else's base you disarm the bomb so it gave it a lot of variety and it was pretty challenging but it was also just fun because it's so kind of like sloppy and haphazard that like you're just going for it and and it's mostly just kind of talking shit to people and i think that this is the kind of game that i live for where i can just have a party and have people over and like all right we're all grabbing controllers we're all gonna play stream stream uh stream cheat and that's what we're gonna do and again it's like you could play it for uh 15 minutes or you could play it for a couple of hours you know what we did we we just kept going i wanted to keep playing and playing it was really fun yeah and i think that yeah, I think this will be for extra life. I think this will be part of the Tournament of Power. This will be something that we're like, okay, we're going to sit down. We're going to, all right, here's all the four controllers. Let's go to town on screen. Screen sheet. That's a, yeah. yeah. And I mean, just overall, great idea. Yeah. Fantastic. Inspired. Idea. Yeah. And, I, and it, it, I, didn't, I hadn't seen too much hype around this or any talk about this game, but uh, a small indie that can make a lot of fun is something that I'm all about. Absolutely. This one was a winner. Next, this was a winner in your book. This one you went home and bought yourself. Yes. Crawl. Yeah. Crawl is a 2, 2D pixel art dungeon crawler, but it it almost feels like an arcade game where you should all have, you know, like sticks, you should like one of those, you know, arcade boards with yeah. four sticks like the Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I could totally see this and in a, an arcade machine. One person is the adventurer with a weapon. And they will go and attack and fight enemies in a dungeon. The other three are ghosts that will spawn enemies and you know try to like let off traps, shooting shooting blades at the at the adventurer or try to throw vases at him. And your whole idea is to try to kill the adventurer. Whoever gets the last kill and kills the adventurer becomes the adventurer. Right. And so you're always trying to kill your friends and then try to become that person to survive your friends. Right. Yeah, so there's like the strategic balance of dealing damage to the hero, but you also like you need to be the last one to hit the hero so that you can regain your humanity and you have a chance to go along. You level up. Uh, there's a shop where you buy items, so you get you get gold as the adventurer just in the normal way. You find chests or you pick it up from places, but also um, you get gold as a ghost if your monster is damaging the hero. And I mean, it's just a really cool idea that you get to be the hero and the monsters. I, I I don't know if anyone's done that before, but it does seem like a unique twist that makes it really fun. And so there's three bosses and you have to level up to 10 and find the portal that's on each uh, you, you're like descending on different floors every time you play, and it's just procedurally generated. Um, you find that portal, and you get to have a shot at fighting the boss. But the group as a whole only has three chances of defeating the boss. If you die, you go back to the dungeon, and you have to keep going until another level 10 player uh, can take a crack at it. On top of that, as the ghosts... When when the pro, the player descends to the next level, there is a interim where they give you each like a screen, and you can start leveling up the enemies you can summon. So just because the adventurer is getting gold, leveling up from from dealing damage, and buying new gear to level up and do more damage, you as the ghost are also at the end of each stage leveling up to do worse damage with meaner, eviler, more powerful creatures. Yeah, and I feel like there's almost more of a strategy to running the monsters than there is the hero because they really did a good job of giving you variety each game you pick a deity if you will that you follow and some of them give you a special bonus like you do extra damage with traps or you have stronger monsters 
but then you get three base monsters, and then they can be leveled up three times, I think, before you get to the max. And then and, like, the three times are just more branching paths of, like, you can go left. Okay, but now you can go left or right, and it just gives you different variations on every single type of monster. Right. So there's, like, tons of different variations and options that you can try, and you can play one and be like, I don't like this way this guy plays. Next time you level him up, go to a different direction, and now instead of doing more spell damage, now he's doing more physical damage or something like that. You right, can, exactly. You can find the different paths to try different monsters and level them up. So... Since we played this together, uh, like you said, I bought it myself and I've played it a bunch. And there's really a lot of monsters and stuff that's unlockable. New mutations that you can unlock. Yeah. Like, do you remember there's the monster that's kind of like a fish? Yes. So I unlocked it so that you get the fish at the first level. And then right away for 60 Wrath, you can max it out. You don't have to go to any other levels. And it makes this giant fish really that, like has a roll attack and then just like a big chomp weird so that's the first one that's like that but it costs 60 you know it's like a huge you have to save up your wrath okay. but then you can just like skip ahead and level that guy up um there's like a challenge mode that helps you practice with the monsters like see how many heroes in a row you can kill with oh, this monster type really yeah okay um and there's also different end game bosses right yeah so there's the three bosses which i i find it pretty challenging i played a game today and just got stomped by the boss. And the the thing about the end game bosses is that the ghosts of the other players can control parts of the boss. Right. So if it's a giant like octopus thing, you can control his tentacles, which one tentacle throws bubbles, another tentacle throws acid. And then the person controlling the face shoots a huge laser out of the eye. Yeah. And there's like a for most of them, uh there's like some kind of one of the bosses is like a three-headed chimera. Yeah. And that's just straightforward. You have to hit it. But the other two, there's kind of a trick to it, you know? So um, it adds that level of variety. I told you I found on the Steam forum, there's like a secret way to make the bosses extra, extra hard. Wow. Which yeah. I'm not good enough to even try that. And I've also noticed that when you're playing with your friends, the bosses are like impossible because when you're playing against the computer, they don't spam the attacks. They have like, as much. Yeah, they have a little bit more of a like a pattern. Yeah, exactly. When 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 you're playing with me, I'm just like it's okay. merciless. Yeah, you're just like spamming the attacks as hard as you can. It's very difficult. So again, along with screen cheat, this was another good one. Sitting on the couch with your friends, talking shit. It's just really awesome that you kind of get to be the hero and the monster. It adds this nice level of competition, but it's a good challenge. And the aesthetic was all wrapped up that arcade feel with the insert coin blinking on the menu screen and you you do your three initials. Yep. Um, uh, But it also has like the replay value of just like unlocking more stuff, more deities, more monsters. And you've had fun playing with just the computer. Yeah, I really have. I enjoy it. it. It definitely has the feel of one of those arcade machines that was like a quarter pumper. You could see yep. you're just standing there all day, putting in quarters, taking on whoever shows up to play against you. So, yeah. So, okay, yeah. So that would be kind of the the idea for you. It would be like, okay, let's play a couple of rounds of Crawl on a on an arcade cabinet. Yeah, and again, it's a nice game where you could just do one session, drop in, play it, uh, and have a good time. Or you could do a couple of sessions in a row. Um, it's like a good length. It's well contained. Uh, just very engrossing. I think when we played it, we also played like three or four rounds of this. Yeah, I wanted to keep going. It was really fun. And it does have like that. Even the sound design sounded like a gauntlet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, very, exactly. Yeah, very chip toony, but also mm-hmm. very like trying to be a dungeon and kind of a little bit more on the suspenseful, sinister side. Yeah, they really try to give it a, a very evil vibe. Which makes sense. Again, you're trying to be ghost demons that are going to take over and try to kill your friends. So. Yeah, exactly. So that was Crawl. Uh, so another solid recommend. I think uh, this came out in like 2013. Yeah. So I didn't realize it was that old. My wish would be almost like if they could do an expansion pack. Some DLC for it? Yeah, because the environments of the dungeons are pretty much the same mm-hmm. each time you play. 
Uh, but you could definitely add more bosses, if not other tile sets. Yeah, tile set. You can throw in a little bit of moss, throw in a tree mm. here and there, a creek, and you're all set now in yeah. the jungle you know, level. That said, uh, I there's a lot of stuff to unlock. Yeah. I don't think I've really even gotten that deep into how much because i've found you can unlock a crossbow yeah because you, you do unlock get, all sorts of weapons and items yeah because throughout the game you do purchase these weapons and items yeah. and all that stuff so there is more to level up and you know expand yeah okay that was crawl now steve you wanted to talk a little bit because you just recently got into horizon zero dawn based on the sequel announcement yeah, so we we watched the PS5 event, and mm-hmm. I saw the announcement for the sequel. And, of course, Horizon Zero Dawn is something that I've heard about a lot. It's one of those games where people are like, oh, man, just like stop whatever you're doing and buy this game and play it because you're just going to play it and play it. You know, I told you I, I have a group that I like to play The Division 2 with, and one of those guys was just like, Put the game down now. Just go get Horizon Zero Dawn. It's one of the best games that you that's ever been made. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. It's up there with The Last of Us. Okay. Uh, so I'm not very far into it, but I did pick it up. There's, things have been on sale, and that trailer, I was like, oh, man, that looks cool. So I decided to give it a spin. Um, it's fantastic. I love the cinematic aspect of it Mm -hmm. i kind of felt like at the beginning it was almost like i was playing a pixar movie a pixar movie yeah you know it has that i i feel like the vibe is sort of friendly to all ages okay or it has kind of a a positive uh message okay yeah in a way you know uh aloy is you know raised as an outcast yeah but uh her you know surrogate father whatever uh you know they're like appreciative of nature yeah um it's all about kind of like respecting nature and respecting the idea of strength and she's a strong character um it's all about resilience voiced Um, by ashley birch voiced by ashley birch which um I've watched a few documentaries lately um, from Noclip, and uh, all the developers always just talk about how hiring her transforms, that, like really brings that character to life. So she does a great job. Um, and obviously Tiny Tina and all that yeah, stuff I mean, before. Tiny Tina was great, but you know she's done Aloy and Pavardi recently, um, kind of just did a fantastic job. Uh, the voice acting in in Horizon Zero Dawn is excellent. I mean, the graphics are great. It's beautiful, and it has that. Um, you know, we've we've talked about it a few times, but that it's the post apocalypse, but it's reclaimed by nature. It's not dirt and brown. It's vibrant colors. Yeah. It's mountains. It to me, it it has the grandeur of Skyrim. Okay. The music is fantastic. Uh, I mean, it's just, it deserves the, pre- you know, you see like it's nine and a half out of 10, 10 out of 10, five stars. I think it, it earned that even as early on in the game as I am, because you can tell that they're, I mean, the people I've talked to have hinted, they're like, oh, you're, you're not going to see what's coming in the story. There's yeah. some surprises. So, uh, it's just very exciting. It's an engaging world. Good gameplay. It's difficult. Um, it has a good... I don't know. It makes you feel good when you play it because it's beautiful. The music's great. And the character is inspiring. You felt like she was a positive character that kind of made you feel excited to continue on her quest. Yeah, exactly. And just the interesting twist, I think at the surface, the whole like, there's robot dinosaurs kind of seemed lame at first. Yeah. When I, I mean, just looking at ads and posters and stuff, but it's actually ends up being like a really captivating idea. It's These like majestic. Animals, yeah, it's majestic. It's majestic. And then I watched the documentary that they made about the game and it was very interesting. Gorilla studios, uh, having made kill zone, which I've never played any of those, but it's I guess one of the first like PlayStation exclusives. Yep. And this is, so it's like, 
you know, the prospect of a sequel makes the PS5 very tempting. I'm yeah, no, very much so. I, I feel like that's going to be kind of like the Elder Scrolls was when 360 came out. Oblivion was kind of like the flagship. They call it the what the the hot app. The, yeah. Whatever is like the the new hot stuff that's going to make like the system seller. Yeah, and I think this it, it seems like this is going to be a system seller probably. Well, I mean, you have till 2021 so you do have some time to kind of save up the money. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like, okay, well, I can get through. I haven't started Horizon. I kind of picked uh, Breath of the Wild as my option there. So I'm trying to finish Breath of the Wild before I go into Yeah, Horizon. and I mean, people love Breath of the Wild. I haven't played it, but a lot of similarities are drawn between the two. And that's kind of why I'm trying to keep them a little separated. But yeah. but Breath, uh, the, Breath of the Wild, the um, Horizon is really something that's been on my radar for a long time. It's on the backlog for me. It it's so worth it. Um, it's up there with all the other games that I've kind of been putting off, just because I know that they're good and then they're on sale. And it's like oh, I've got hundreds of hours of games to play. But I'm glad I pulled the trigger on this one. It okay. was definitely worth. You know, it's a PlayStation classic now. Yeah, I. It's just so worth it. It's such a enjoyable experience all the way around, especially. You know, sometimes you're in the mood when you put in a new game to just kind of like put your feet up and watch a little bit. Yeah. And this this does that for you. Kind of like the way that we were captivated with The Last of Us. Yeah, okay. But yeah. Uh, The Last of Us, it was sort of good despite the combat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Whereas this is like kind of the whole package to me. Okay, because yeah, Last of Us kind of the story was what pulled me through. Right, it's and, just like just let me get through this combat encounter so I could see some more cutscenes. Yeah, <laughs> so this one the combat feels engaging. It's fun, yeah, and of course I'm a sucker for loot and stuff, so I'm farming the bellow backs so that I could buy the purple armor and all that stuff. Okay, um, I'm really uh, enjoying all that and like the the variety that they made with the robo dinosaur beasts. Yeah, there's just it, it also lends itself. You can be a sneaky player. You can be uh, guns blazing. You can be guns blazing. You can shore up your scrapping and harvesting capabilities. And there's weak points. Like there's weak yeah. points. Yeah, and 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 your monster hunter tie-ins. <laughs> it is. I, you know, it's kind of like Monster Hunter's deeper friend. Okay. It re- reminds me of Monster Hunter a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, but uh, all around, you know. Where Monster Hunter is just a little bit more straightforward. This has the cinema. It has the voiceovers, the acting, the story. There's a mystery to it. It seems all in one kind of fluid motion as Monster Hunter is so segregated into separate sections. Like this is the get ready section. This is the Mm -hmm. story section. This is the actual playing section. They're so different and varied now. Right. With Horizon, it's all one package. You're going through the story. But also, you're grinding, crafting engaging with NPCs and characters and going on quests and exploring this big world. I feel like it's notable for a game when they make that tie-in of the tutorial to the story this seamless. Really? Yeah. When we talked about Titanfall, I remember lamenting it's kind of like, okay, time for a training session. And it's it's very much like tutorial and then like, okay, now we're going to start the game. This is, it's totally fluid. You play as Aloy when she's like a little girl at some point. So like there is a lot of cinema at the beginning, but they still like drop you in to control it a little bit here and there. Very nice. Like I said, it's like playing a Pixar movie. It's so well animated and just captivating. Okay. Okay. And that is Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. You're looking forward to that sequel. Horizon One Dawn. Before you even finish it, you're just like, man, I'm so on board for the sequel. I kind of am. I mean, it looks like it's it. The PS5 event was cool. Like a lot of those games were like, ah, man, those look really good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was a stacked backlog blog, stacked like the moms in a Pixar movie. Oh yeah. Wait, what? Let's move on to one last thing. One last thing where we give one last sentence, one last statement, leading us into the weekend, and you, the listener, 
into the weekday. For me, Steve, you're moving soon. Mm-hmm. You still going to be able to make a sound so crisp and smooth when you move? Uh, I don't know. Otherwise, man, we're going <laughs> to sound like trash. <laughs> you mean like more trash? Yep, more trash. Yeah. Okay. Okay. My one last thing, Division 2, Season 2, mm-hmm. I'm still... I'm still in it, but, but. Is it waning? Waning a little bit, and I'm starting to feel The Witcher 3 calling my name. Ooh, wow. That's, okay. that's a commitment. That's, that's a, yeah, no, that's, clear your schedule, you're not doing anything but this for a while. I mean, you have some downtime. Kind of. Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I want to go back to my grad school days of like an unshaven man in an empty room with an Xbox on the floor playing Fallout Three for twelve to sixteen hours, sitting in a folding chair. In a folding chair, yeah. But I, it could happen. It could happen. It could happen. Ooh, yeah. Tell me about that one for sure. Okay. And that will be it for this week's Super GG Radio. Before we go, you can find us on Twitter at Super GG Radio and twitch.tv slash Super GG Radio, where we've had some issues with streaming as of Monday, Tuesday, plus Twitch Blackout uh, made it so we did not stream on Thursday. But we will back, we'll be back in full force uh, starting next week. I know we have Metal Gear Friday mm-hmm. going live today, but uh, I know I'll be back for uh, Multiplayer Mondays. I should have the kinks worked out for Remnant from the Ashes. Joel and Kelly will not be around for 2D Tuesdays, but I think I'm going to pick that one up or have Getty do it. And then Kevin and Sam will be back Thursdays and Fridays. Uh, Are they still playing Divinity 2? They are. That game is long. It is. I I haven't nearly come close to finishing that, which is is on my want-to-do list. Same. That's a a far backlog blog, though, because that one's going to be long game it is a lot of fun though it is it's a lot of fun and having uh having kevin be my sensei at the last extra life really helped me kind of break through on that so how many more uh metal gear games does he has to play five is technically the last one but we are making him play revengeance which is a silly non-canon side story okay but yeah, he's, he's, he just started the, the, la- the last one. The so last tune into one. Twitch. It's like all Kevin all the time. Especially with him doing the... Red Dead. Do you know what he's doing with Wild Redemption? Tell me. He's not doing story. He's just exploring. Just open world. Just watching nature. And so, he's getting into shenanigans. I understand that you have to like brush your horse or you get a penalty. I He probably is brushing his horse. He did one where he was just jumping off of cliffs with his horse and taking pictures. There was one nice. where he was tracking a family of bears. That was, okay. a, that was like a three-hour episode of him just tracking a family of bears. Is Red Dead 2 MMO style? Is it online? No. Well, there, they, is, there is a separate component that's okay. Red Dead Online. But he is just playing the story, but there is the story lets you go whenever you want to do it. Gotcha. So he is legitimately just being a nature man. I mean, they are slated to come out with like a full Red Dead Online, correct? Oh, it's already out. Oh, it is. Yeah. It's not. Or I mean, isn't there like another one coming? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. Maybe because it's coming to PC. Because I feel like after the success of GTA Online... It's not the same, though. You if they to, made one of that scope, it you, would... You gotta think, though, that GTA Online has races, gambling, you know... Uh, you could have horse it? races and gambling in the West. Come on, the West is all about gambling. Maybe, maybe. But, I mean, it's just not as big in scope. You can't buy a giant pimp condo. Can't you? You could buy an old-timey mansion. You know, see, that... They probably should hire you. <laughs> these ideas make it sound cool, but I feel like they're not there. Maybe not. Okay. Uh, I also want to shout out the Chicago Gamers, uh, which the Chicago Gamers are a group on Discord that are currently trying to create a community of anybody looking for group. Meaning you're looking for a game, you're looking for PlayStation, you're on Xbox, you're on Nintendo, you're on mobile, you're on PC. What game you're looking for? You want some Minecraft friends, you want some Division 2 friends, you want some anybody online playing. They have hundreds of people on there, Chicago Gamers on Discord. Can you request to join? I will send a link to the Discord in the podcast notes. But I mean, can the listeners request to join? They can. They can send uh, an email 
at superdgradio at gmail.com. We are looking for more people for the community and looking to expand the community. Uh, friends of Super GG Radio currently building the Discord. Cool. Now, if you'd like to reach us with questions or input, our email address is, like I stated before, superggradio at gmail.com and provide a review on iTunes or the Stephen goodbye card of your choice. Oh. But you'll be back next week anyway, so. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. GG, Steve. GG, Alex. Good night, everybody.